This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. Today, for the next few minutes, we're gonna. I want to just share something as I encourage our students, and we're in a series on the Holy Spirit. Started last week. As I said last week, willpower is not enough. How many know that's the truth? You're not strong enough on our best days. We're still not good enough. We're not strong enough. We're not talented enough to live the amazing life God called us to. We need the same power Jesus had. We need that power. And we believe God had the plan. Jesus was the plan. And the Holy Spirit helps us follow his plan. We're going to pick that up next week as we get ready to launch into the fall. And we're excited for our one-year birthday coming up. But today, I want to take the opportunity in a, in a moment to pray over our teachers, our students, going back to school, but I want to encourage and just uh, challenge our students today. We think the world of students at Nova Church. We think the world of students. And I heard it said a long time ago, and I just can't shake this. It is easier to raise healthy children than fix broken adults. Now, when people get offended by that are people that maybe have never been broken. But if you've gone through some stuff, maybe you had a rough childhood or teenage years, or, man, I wish I had a different upbringing. I wouldn't be in the mess I was in. And God can help us, and you're never too late for God to help you. But there is something about raising someone in a way that they love God and love people. And I, I, that's why we put so many resources into our children and youth and young adults, because we believe that we love students. Can someone say Amen. Uh, I want to show you a picture here. If you have that behind me, this week, uh, Nova Gives Back. Nova Gives Back. Uh, Liz uh, and her team uh, worked hard, and you were generous as a church, and we gave out over 40 fully stocked school supply backpacks to those in need going back to school. And if you don't clap hard, it's because you've never bought school supplies. They're not cheap. They are not cheap. We went out this week for school supplies and school clothes, and like, like I thought I, like it was a mortgage payment. I was like, what's going on here? And, uh, but it's, it, our church is so generous, and this is a picture. We had a chance to drop off 15 to our local elementary school, and they were just blown away by this. Same school that we gave money for their feeding program, for their breakfast program at Christmas time, and they were so blown away. She thought they were empty backpacks. She's like, these are awesome. Thank you so much. And then she lifted one. She goes, what's in it? I'm like, supplies. And she, not surprise, <laughs> supplies, you know, supplies, you know, and... <laughs> And uh, she, uh, she opened it up. I had a speech impediment, but sometimes it comes back. But supplies, that wasn't what I was saying. And she opened it up, and it's full of all these school supplies. And she's like, they're full. I'm like, no, we weren't giving you empty backpacks. And they were blown away. And then we had a chance to give some to some of you in our church that it was a privilege to partner with you as you needed some, just a little shot in the arm, a little extra to help you this year for school. And even other churches contact us saying, hey, we see what you're doing, and we can't seem to have enough to help right now. Could you help us? And that was a privilege. And then some single-parent groups and some other people in need, and we had a chance to bless our community. Why? Because we believe in students. And if you help kids, you help families. If you help families, you help a city. Also, have you noticed you've been downtown? It's all university students everywhere this time of year. It's awesome. It's just that this life comes back to the city, and 30,000 students come in and, and converge on our city every fall, and some from local and some from far, far away, and some of you even came to our city. Now you have careers, and, and you've built a life, and you came as a student to one of our universities. And so even this year, uh, we, we're, we believe in letting people know what God's doing here at our church. So at St. Mary's, all the new students that get a welcome gift bag at St. Mary's, every one of them is going to get an invitation in that gift bag with information about everything about their school, an invitation to our church on Sunday mornings. Why? Because we want people to know. Yeah. 
We want people to know that uh, church is fun and church is for them. And there's a group of people waiting to meet them. And there's a God that offers a new start. And we don't believe that you need to go down in university. We believe you can launch. And universities are for launching leaders and influencers. And we believe you can grow in your faith and start your faith during your university years. So uh, thank you for your giving. That's where we get that money to buy uh, buy, uh, buy those invites. And, And we just love students. If you have your Bible today, 1 Timothy chapter 4, students and younger ones and older ones alike, college students, this is for everyone today. As I was preparing this, God was convicting me and encouraging me and firing me up at the same time. But I do want to say for students in the room, uh, this is for you today. We believe in you as a church. We believe in you as your church family. We want to encourage you as you get ready to start your school year. 1 Timothy chapter 4, start reading in verse 12. It says this. It says, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. How many wish they were still young? Am I the only one? Yeah, okay. youth is wasted on the young. Uh, it is good to be young. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Today, for the next few minutes, before we pray for some students and teachers, and before we enjoy free coffee and Enjoy each other as we head home and take on the rest of our Labor Day weekend. And again, we're so honored you're here and glad you're here. I want to talk on this topic, this this title for the next few minutes, students, parents, moms and dads, living your best life. Don't you love that picture taken in our kids' ministry? Living your best life. Look at your neighbor and say, this is going to be your best year yet. Now, if you don't feel like they were listening to you, turn to someone else and go, no, it's going to be your best year yet. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Father, I thank you that, God, you with us is always a winning combination. God, I thank you for everyone here today. Thank you for our kids. Father, I pray that they would feel your strength and your power today. Thank you for our parents, that they would feel refreshed. And, and Father, they would feel encouraged. Thank you for our Nova Kids team today. I pray they would just be charged and ready for the coming year. And, Father, we thank you for everyone under the sound of our voice. We pray that we would leave here more like you, more in love with you, and more passionate about your plan. In Jesus' name, and everybody said? Amen. I've realized, uh, my kids would know this would be true, uh, focus is absolutely everything. I had my daughter shooting a pellet gun last night at, uh, at Pop Cans, and it's, it was, she's amazingly accurate. And I'm not sure if I'm excited or nervous about that, but she was a natural. We started calling her Killer Miller after that. And, but I've learned focus and aim is everything in life. A few years ago, I was on vacation in Florida, and and uh, I, we decided one morning to get up early, me and this guy I was traveling with, and we decided to get up early, this would have been about 10 years ago, and go golfing when the sun came up, and uh, me and my friend Tim, and, and I'm not a golfer. If you've golfed with me, that is no surprise to you. Um, I do have a hole-in-one. Joel, do you have a hole-in-one? Is Joel here today? Joel does not have a hole-in-one, but Joel's a golfer. Uh, but I am not a golfer, but I do not have, I do have a hole-in-one, but I'm not a golfer. If you've seen me golf, there, I golf, but I'm not a golfer. It's like people say, are you a jogger or a runner? If you're not a runner, they tell me, until you enter a race. You're a jogger until you enter some kind of race, then you're a runner. I'm not a golfer, but I golf. And a few years ago, I was getting ready to golf on this beautiful morning. It was in the spring and beautiful Florida, Florida morning. And the sun was, we timed it. When's the sun coming up? And we, we Googled that. We're going to be first ones on. I mean, we were the first ones there. They opened the, the clubhouse. We got in there, got our, rented our clubs. I mean, you could barely see where you were aiming the ball, but we were excited. We were on vacation. And. We teed off, we lined up, and I, just, I was determined this would be the day I was going to break 90. This is the day I was going to, and some of you, 
You know I'm a bad golfer if that was my goal. It's still my goal to break 90. Uh, this is the day I'm not going to lose every ball I have in my bag. I'm not going to lose. I'm not going to throw a club. This is the day. And I felt focused. I felt focused, and I lined up, and I hit this shot, and I believe golfers would call it a fade or a draw. I don't even know. But it went out here, and it came right in beautifully and sat down on the green. My, my golfing partner, he hit his perfectly as well. We were putting. We parred the first hole, and we high-fived each other, and we went for hole two, and we couldn't find hole two. And I realized at that moment that we had actually aimed for the wrong flag. And instead of aiming, golfers know exactly what I'm talking about. It was so dark, and we were so excited, and we'd never been on this court. Instead of aiming this way, we aimed this way, and we aimed for the ninth hole flag. I was wondering why it was so close. And, uh, and we, I thought, well, we have to start over. You know, I realized that sometimes failure is being successful at the wrong thing. I just need to say that again today. Failure is not always uh, uh, find yourself you know, at rock bottom. Sometimes failure is winning at the wrong thing. Sometimes failure is succeeding at the wrong thing. So many times people say on their deathbeds, I was successful, and at the end of their life, they look back and go, you know what, I was successful at the wrong things. They say no one on their deathbed ever says, I wish I spent more time at the office. They say, I wish I had spent more time with loved ones. I believe sometimes that we aim, and I aim, and I'm successful maybe at the wrong thing. Today, especially youth, teenagers, uh, young adults, parents, I believe today I want to help us and speak about getting our aim right as we go into this new school year, get into this, this, the, the, uh, these new grades and new influence. I believe God can help us reset our focus and aim at the right target. Verse 12 of the verse I just read said it this way. It says, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Think less of you. Less is always low expectations. If you think less of something, you're not expecting much. You, you don't put a lot of value on it. Culture says, listen to me, youth, teenagers, kids today. Culture says not to expect much from our youth. They said don't expect much. They, have, they think less of youth. They have low expectations. They think you're brilliant. They think you're tech savvy, but they don't expect you to achieve much because of how uh, the generations ahead of you have messed up economics, messed up the environment, messed up politics, messed up church, messed up business. And they say, listen, there's no pressure and no expectation. If you can just survive, you're winning. I want to encourage you today. God did not make us and call us just to survive. We need to get our hopes up, get our expectations up. We are meant to thrive. It says, don't think less of you. God designed you to thrive, not just survive. God designed us to thrive. Listen, that means in high school. That means in junior high. That means in elementary. That means in college. That means in our businesses. We are not called just to get through. We're called to go to another level. We're believing this year. You just won't get through this year. I know sometimes we say, man, I just got to get through this grade. If I can just get through junior high, if I can just get through high school, if I can just get through till vacation, if I can just make it to Christmas week. If I, listen, I believe we're going to move today, even your expectation, to move from getting through this year to go get this year. I believe there are opportunities. I believe there are relationships. I believe there are promotions. I believe there are influence on kids, teenagers, young adults, parents that God has for us this year. And to move from surviving to move to thriving. Why? Because I believe this can be our best year yet, living our best lives. I honestly believe that. God says greater things. I believe greater things for this year than even last year. Some of you walked out of school last year regretting the way you ended. Some of the pressures you were under this year, God has more for you. How can we aim to live our best year yet? Let me give you three things today. 
from the Word of God to encourage you students and mom and dads. The Bible says be an example. Focus on aim. What are we going to aim for today? Number one, the Bible says in this passage, aim for your speech. Be an example in your speech. James 3.9 says it like this. It says, sometimes, talking about the tongue, talking about our voices, talking about our words. Before this, the, the author is talking about how like a mighty ship on the ocean is steered by a small rudder that the tongue can actually affect your whole life, can affect your relationships and everything. It's only a small part of your body, but it changes everything. It says this in verse 9. He says, sometimes our mouth, our words, our tongue, it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. What he's saying is sometimes on a Sunday morning, we praise God. Oh, you're making all things new. Greater are you, God. You're doing a new thing. You're who you say I am. And we praise God one day, and then we curse people who God made the next day, and we judge people and put them down, and we, 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 we're drinking haterade and being haters all day just on people. And the Bible says this, isn't, this shouldn't be that we praise God out of one side of our mouth and curse people on the other side. Then it says, so blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Here's what I want to remind you today as we aim, as we get our focus to be an example. Whether you're young in, in body or young in spirit, we can be an example today as we write our focus, as we aim on the right thing. We can aim our words. I believe this. I believe your words today build your life tomorrow. Sowing and reaping is not just a giving of finances, it's also a thing with your words. That what you plant with your words today will grow in your life tomorrow. The marriage you have today is probably based on the words you sowed yesterday. Amen. The words we speak today, young people, students, moms and dads, will build our life tomorrow. For others, our words for others, whether it be by text or vocal. Listen, your words today build your life tomorrow, even for others. Can I encourage you build people? Let us be a church. Let us be a generation that build people. Build people with our texts. Build people with our words. You ever meet somebody that they're always encouraging? I want to be that person. There's some people in this room that when you walk into the room, my life always gets better. My self-esteem is always better. I always feel like I can take on the world. Listen, let it be said of us that our words for others always builds them. That we don't say one thing in public, but we text something else in private. That we don't, we don't say one thing, but behind our backs, we're building cases against people. Let, let it be said of us, whether it be digitally or verbally, that when we sow words, we build for people's tomorrows. We build them up. Come on, you can never be too encouraging. You've never be too encouraged. I'm not talking about flattery, going, you like everything. I'm talking about, no, no, you're going through a rough time, but you can make it. I know you may be in a rough place, but listen, it's not going to pass. It's just a season. I'm with you. They're with you. We can do this together. Someone needs to believe in your business. Someone needs to believe in your marriage. Someone needs to believe you can get through high school and not just get through high school. You can thrive in high school. Come on, we can build people up. I'm choosing to be a positive person. Be a positive person in our words, in our texts. So many times, isn't it amazing how a text can cut? Isn't it amazing how a posting can cut, right? You remember those words. You remember those things. Let it be said of others today that we build them up. I also thought this, our words, but not only for others, but what about ourselves? Self-talk. I don't remember the exact quote, but there's something like we, we say an average of 100 words a minute, but we think closer to 400 words a minute. I don't know about you, but I don't need someone else to discourage me, someone else to put me down, someone else to try to limit me or put low expectations. I have my own mind. I have my own insecurities. I have my own thought life that wants to put myself down. And sometimes my thought life, my self-talk is so negative and so building a life of regret or of limitations. Let it be said of you today that you understand that the words that you speak to yourself matter. 
The words you think and you say, what you say about yourself in your private moments is the life you're building tomorrow. The Bible says as a man thinks, so is he. There's something about your thoughts and your words that focus you on the future. Listen, let's build others up, but don't forget to build yourself up. Listen, you got to learn how to lead yourself. And we treat youth like they're leaders because if we act like leaders today, you won't act like deserters tomorrow. Youth, learn how to lead yourself in your words. I thank God for a church that's encouraging, but my friends, I need to lead myself. We need to lead ourselves today, building others. I want to say this too. Being real isn't the same as being run by your emotions. There's this thing, and I know it happens, and it's cool, but... People get a social media page, like an Instagram, then they get another Instagram account where they can be real with their real friends. It's like there's that public account that, hey, this is my life, but then there's a real one, and many times, not always, but sometimes it's the venting one. It's like, man, mom and dad follow this one, and I gotta be, I gotta be just positive, and life is good, and here's pictures of my life, but then my real one, I lock it, and only a few of my friends, listen, being real isn't the same as being run by your emotions. I'm just being real. No, venting is still planting. When you vent, you're still planting for your future. And I'm not talking about sharing your needs and your hurts. We need to be real. We need to confess to one another. We need to say, I need some help. I'm struggling. Listen, if you're hurting today, if you're struggling today, tell somebody, get some help, whether it be mentally or spiritually or physically or financially. But there is something else. Venting is not helping. Venting is planting for your future. And sometimes it starts as getting help, but we start venting online and personally and even just verbally. Go, I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm stupid. Why would you say that? You shouldn't have done that. You're never going to be able to do this. And something starts to build in your life, and what it is is low ceilings and a one-bedroom one bedroom house. It's a low ceiling, which means you can't reach for expectations, and means you live alone. And sometimes our words build our future, and it's a small future with low expectations. Heard someone say this, whether you believe you can do it or you can't do it, you're right expectation is the breeding ground for a miracle. I believe this year you can expect to have your best year of studies yet. I believe you can have the best year in your work yet. You can have the best year in your marriage. Why? Is this just flattery and empty hope? No. The Bible says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And the world is pressure that you're dealing with. And if God is with me, who can be against me? I have hope not found on a quote, not found on an Instagram page. It's based in the life and relationship of Jesus Christ. As a God that had a plan, uh, sent the Holy Spirit to be the plan and to help me follow the plan. And I am not alone in this. And we have hope today. When you speak your words, you're building a, a future for others, but you're building a future for yourself. Sometimes the only thing you need to say is just keep going. You want some courage? Just, you just keep going. My mother, God help her, God bless her, God love her was a cheerleader in our lives. And sometimes only she could say, we're going through something in our life, something tragic as a single or maybe even uh, with a young family. And she'd say, Mike, don't forget, the sun will come up tomorrow. No matter what you're going through, it seems dark, but the sun will rise, life will go on, you'll dust yourself off, and we're going to help each other, and we're going to go, listen, I want to let you know today, your words build your future for others, and it builds your future for yourself. Oh, come on. Get your hopes up today with our words. Words build the house we live in. Words build the house. Let it be said that we, our text messages, are just as encouraging as our words are in public. Let it be said our private DMs on Instagram are just as encouraging as they are our, our, our posts are in public. And whether you have two counts or 20 accounts, that you understand venting is planting. And being real doesn't mean you're run by your emotions. Emotions make great slaves and horrible masters. I thank God for my emotions, but they don't run my life. My spirit runs my life. Most times. And as God leads me, my emotions come in line. Amen? Second thing we can focus on today, first one was our word. Second one is love. 
love. John, 1 John 3.18 says this, Dear children, let's not merely say we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Let it be said, as we aim today, we're getting our aim right, our focus on to be an example. Let's get our love right as we go into our schools. Junior high, you're going to need to know the way God loves. High school, you're going to need to know the way God loves. I got a young man. My son's going to high school. My daughter's going to junior high. We're in new areas of influence in our own lives. I'm believing we can live a life of love and be an example for our city. What does it mean to live a life of love? What does that mean? It means being an example of godly love and always trying to give more than you get. That's godly love. God so loved the world he gave. Godly love is always giving more than you get. In a culture that makes lists of what they want, let's choose to live a life of giving what we have. We're, all the time, I want this, and I want this, and I want that, and I want, I'm making a list. I'm checking it twice. I know what I want. In a culture that makes lists of what they want, may we be a culture that makes a habit of giving what we have. Have you ever realized yet the happiest people are those that give the most, that give their lives away? Have you realized that? People that just are happy, they're not always the richest, but they are definitely the biggest givers of their time, of their words, of their finances, of their talents. The happiest people give their lives away. I would challenge you, if you're dealing with a joy problem, it's probably tied to your giving. I'm not talking about finances right now. I'm talking about your life. Your heart for people, your time for people, your closeness of relationship. Listen, if you are stingy with your time, if you're stingy with your, with your personal space, if you just want to isolate, odds are you have a joy problem in your life. You know, I need another level of joy. Oh, that's why the Bible says he loves a cheerful giver. Because when you give, something starts to happen. Walk into every room, every classroom, every cafeteria, and say, I'm going to give my life away today. What does it mean to give your life away? Give away second chances. Did you hear that today? Give away second chances. You're going to get offended. You come to this church, you're going to get offended by somebody. It's, that's not a warning, it's a promise. Because people, we offend each other. I offend myself. With I, say, I go home going, why did I say that? Why am I picking on the cat people? What's wrong with Moncton? Why do you pray for Moncton to get snow publicly? Well, I think that's self-explanatory. But, but I go home going, why did you say that? I was picking on New Brunswick one day, and we had a whole bunch of New Brunswick people visiting. I'm like, whoa, great. I'm killing our church. Thank God our worship team is pumping out babies because I'm killing the church with offending myself on this stage. Can I encourage you? Let's give away second chances and third chances. When your friends say something that offends you, give away another chance of love. When someone says something, someone hurts you, and they did hurt you, and what they did was wrong, give away another chance. Listen, God so loved the world he gave, and God forgave and forgave, and God is still forgiving me, and he's still forgiving you, and we have to keep forgiving others. Give away your influence to reach lonely people. We're trying to train our kids and train ourselves. Look for lonely people in the room, because I love having friends, but if you can find a lonely person and get them to sit with you and get them to talk to you and invite them to hang out with you, Let's give away our influence. That means giving away your influence on social media, your popularity at school. Say, hey, no, no, I'm embracing this person. I'm helping this person. Let's give away our influence. Let's give away our energy and give away our service. Let's serve people. I want to challenge you. Be a part of something bigger than you. I've never seen a movement like I had in the last decade of millennials that are giving away, giving up big jobs and big positions to go serve at nonprofits. Because there's a truth there. They want to be a part of something, number one, that matters, and something that's bigger than themselves. See, people don't join organizations. They join communities. That's why Google and these companies, you go into their headquarters, they, got, they don't have stairs, they have slides. 
They pay for their, their businesses, their company, their employees to go to the gym. They have staff parties. They, they want to create this atmosphere that this is not a business. This is a fun community. Why? Because people will give away their lives to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Some of you need to go volunteer at the food bank. Some of you need to help and, and, and solve problems for people, financial problems, single parents, and people that can't help themselves. Some of you, that's why we are passionate about the church. We are a part of something bigger than ourselves. This is bigger than just a room on Sunday morning. We're a part of a movement that is thousands of years of old, that God said, I'm sending my son to launch a church, and we believe the church is the hope of the world. And we set up pipe and drape. When we help your kids, when we pour coffee, when we prepare sermons and songs, we're not just doing a service. We are a part of something bigger than ourselves. Give away your energy. Give away your service. Some of you, it's going to next steps and saying, I want to help build this church. Some of you, it's to get out of church because you hide in here and go find something in the community to go serve on a soccer team and coach. I believe some of you need to miss some church, not a lot of church, but some church to go be coaches on your sports teams. Why? Because God wants you to give away your influence, but also give away your energy to reach somebody. Not to avoid God, not to avoid church, but say, I have what they need. This is a launching pad, not a hiding place. We come here to launch into community, not to come and hide from the big bad world. And I believe in coming to church. And some of you need to get more regular and you wonder why you're suffering because you need to come around people like this and be in this atmosphere. But some of you have been hiding and God wants to send you to nonprofits, to parent-teacher meetings, to sports groups. Why? Because I believe God wants us to give away our energy and our service. What else can we give away in our love? Give away hope. Oh, God, help us. We have a generation dying for hope. Dying for hope. People need hope. I need hope. You need hope today. And what's our hope? Not in a government. Not in an environment. Our hope's not in your grades. They'll get good grades. Our hope is that we have divine purpose. That we're not here by accident. We thank God for our parents, but our destiny is not based on our last name or who our father was or wasn't. It's based on a God that made us, is a God that called us, is a God that saved us, and the God that has a plan for our life. And I have a hope that I'm not alone in this journey. I have a hope that there's a purpose for my life. I have a hope that I matter, and everything I do is setting up for the plan of God in others' lives and my own. I have a hope today. I have a hope today that this all matters. I have a hope that I have a place in this plan, and you have a place in this plan. Give away your hope today. Students, give away hope. People are dying for hope. They're saying there's nothing to live for. You, we have a reason to live. And you can share that today. Students, give away hope. Every chance you get, no, no, life is better. No, you can do better on that test. No, you can make that next team. No, no, you're going to have the best week ever. No, this is going to be your best year. Why? Because I know there's something bigger than all this. This is a season. This is just a grade. This is just a class. But it's bigger than this. There's a plan for our lives. There's a purpose why we're here, why we have two feet and a heartbeat. And listen, we have hope today. Share hope. That's love. It's giving away more than you get. Some of you are waiting to be encouraged, and maybe God wants to flip it today. Instead of coming looking to be encouraged, come looking to encourage someone else. That's why I love Bill Murphy. Bill Murphy saw me struggling on the golf course last week. I've golfed twice this year. Sorry, I wasn't, I'm not a golfer, but I golfed. And Bill walked up and saw me golf, and the only thing he could think to do was give me his brand new driver. It didn't help, but it made me look good. But Bill's like, that's a good swing. It was in the woods, but it looked good. I hit one two feet off the ground for 10 feet. Well, it was straight. Man, it was straight. You look so good, Pastor Mike, on that swing. I'm thinking, I'd rather look ugly and hit it further. Come on, somebody. But Bill's an encourager. Can I encourage you today? Give away some hope today. People may call you flattery. It's not flattery. If you believe it, give away some hope. Third thing, I'm almost done today. 
Last thing today, be an example. Aim for is purity. Pureness is valuable. It's big business today, isn't it? Pure water. Like, like pure water is valuable. Like, you just don't want, you, no one's ever going to buy water that was tapped in Sackville. Uh, this was bottled and tapped in Sackville. From a tap in Beaverbank, Nova Scotia. No, no thank you. Have you ever seen that? Like, 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 you want the water that is the most remote, the most, like, like you can't pronounce the mountain. It, it came from this mountain in this spring, deep in the crevasses of a glacier in a country you can't mention or you can't find. Carmen San Diego couldn't find that country. And then they found a spring. And some, you're picturing, you're picturing local guides backpacking into the middle of nowhere and somehow getting bottles of water. And no, it's probably at a factory in Kirkland, Washington. But we, we, we put our value based on how pure something is. You pay. My grandfather would turn over in his grave if he knew we were buying bottled water. You drank from the tap. And in his case, you drank from the well. But why? Because the more pure something is, the more we'll pay for it. There's this whole move. It started years ago, 15 years ago. I used to work in the, in the agricultural industry and produce industry and retail. And, and, and organics became a buzzword. And no one bought it. And it used to go on the shelves. And it would, it would, it would mold and it would fall apart. And no one would buy it. But now, now Whole Foods, now, now people are buying it online. Now organic. And what does organic mean besides expensive? It means that it wasn't messed with, it wasn't tampered with, it's not a GMA, it's not modified. It means that there's nothing artificial. It means that it's naturally grown. And that's why art, usually organic stuff is smaller, it's not as bright color, why? They didn't add stuff to make it look good. Young people, listen to me, pureness is not old fashioned, pureness is valuable. Your life may not look as flashy, you may not have as big of a circle of influence, but some of that stuff is falsely advertised and it's modified. And listen, you want to give away your purity? You can get a lot of people to hang around you in the short term. Young ladies, you can have a lot of attention from a lot of guys if you give away your purity. Listen, you'll grow in your influence. You'll grow in your friends, but it's not pure. Pureness is valuable. The more rare something is, the more people will pay for it. And I've realized, mom and dads, it's the same for us. Purity is not a young person thing. It's a Bible thing for all of us. Pureness is valuable. The more rare something is, the more pure something is. How do you get pure water? You separate it and it's isolated. The more isolated and separated. Listen, let it be said of us that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. That we can be in junior high and we can be in college and we're in there helping people, giving away our lives. But our purity, we are isolated. Our source is not the world. Our source is not our online profile. Our source is God himself. And as we isolate ourselves saying, God, you got a plan for my life. And everybody else is giving away their purity giving away their influence, giving away their bodies and their love. But God, I have a hidden myself and I am isolated and I am separated. As you pour into me, my purity grows, my value grows to come out and be refreshing source to others. The Bible says out of our bellies will flow living water. People are dying for living water. Sometimes the church gets it wrong. We hide and we just drink our own Kool-Aid, pun intended, or water. But the Bible says we go away and we are isolated and consecrated to come out and to pour out to a generation. My friend, people want what we have if it's living water. And purity is valuable. And the only way you get pure is to isolate and consecrate, which means you don't fill yourself, yourself with what everybody else fills themselves with. Philippians 4, 8 and 9, the message version. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating, focusing on things that are true, not fake news. 
things that are noble, things that are reputable, things that are authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse, put into practice what you've learned from me, what you've heard and saw and realized, do that, and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. I'm not a musician, but when you hear harmonies, it's things are working together. I want to let you know, your life and God's plan were meant to work perfectly together, and it comes from a place of pureness. Purity matters. You are what you eat. I heard that my whole life. I'm a lot of beef jerky <laughs> and bubble gum. Two years ago, my son, where are you at, Josh? You're here somewhere. Josh is here somewhere. Two years ago, Josh said, what would you give me if I didn't drink pop for a year? I'm like, why would you do that? He's like, well, I just know I heard it's bad for you, and I just don't, you know, I think I could give it up. Would you give me 100 bucks? I'm like, I'll give you 100 bucks. Two years ago in August, we were flying to a camp in BC, and I was preaching. He was with me. At that, pam- at that camp, they served a lot of pop, and Josh was like, oh, man, I'm going through a draw. I got the shaky leg, because we drank quite a bit of pop in my house. A lot of Coca-Cola, a lot of ginger ale, a lot of, he's like, no, I want that 100 bucks. I want to buy cleats. I want to do something, and. The whole year went through, and then it was May, almost a year. I said, Josh, I'll honor it. Listen, I'll give you 100 bucks. You're done. We were going somewhere on vacation or doing something. I'm like, man, come on. Like, like you know, you're having a burger. You've got to have pop. It's just the way it goes. Come on. I'm not a cruel parent. I'm a good, good father. It's who I am. It's who I am. Have some pop. <laughs> He's like, nope. August came, 100 bucks. I'm like, all right, Josh. I was like a dealer. Come on, have a drink. Have a drink of pop, Josh. Come on, Josh. He's like, I'm like, you're going with your friends. Come on, have a drink of pop. I was like the worst parent ever. Because I felt guilty for the amount of pop I was drinking. And, you know, do you know for the last year, no money's on the table, and he still won't drink pop. He could drink, he said, I might one of these days. I might, have a, I might drink pop. I might, I might but I, I'm not right now. Why? Because at his core, it's not financial. It's not even that it's cool. It's that he realizes, you know what? I am what I eat. And I just, I like some things that aren't healthy, but I do know this. I can live without pop. I want to remind you today, it makes no difference spiritually. We are what we eat. We can't listen to everything everyone listens to and expect it not to change us. Now, I'm not that person saying, don't listen to this type of music or that. I'm just saying, there are some, uh, it's not about Christian music and non-Christian music. It's about music that helps you and music that hurts you. There's some Christian songs I won't sing because it's so moody. Oh, I just want to drive into a ditch. Like, come on, it's like, oh God, that's supposed to encourage me? I don't think so. There's some songs on the radio that get fired me up to go change the world. Listen, I want to encourage you today. You gotta watch what you're putting in, what you you are, what you eat. What you watch affects your confidence. Some of you watch things and you know it's shameful, and you wonder why you can't look people in the eye, and you wonder why you have no confidence walking up to the opposite sex or their father. You wonder why you can't walk in and say, No, I'll step up on that stage and I'll help out, I'll lead worship, I'll preach, I'll step in and help with that. Because you have no confidence, because shame takes away your confidence, going, I can't do that. No, no. No, because I know who I really am. Character is being the same in private as you are in public, and it's a goal we're all trying for. None of us are there. Purity is a journey today, but can I encourage you today? You can't listen to the same thing without it affecting your mood. If all you have is stuff about breakups and you're 13, you're going to be thinking about relationships way too early. That's unpopular, but it's true. I can't listen to the radio. I haven't dated since I got married. 18 years ago. I'm like, oh yeah, like breakups are horrible. 
I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just in the song. I am a Taylor Swift fan, but that's beside the point. But sometimes I just got to shake, shake, shake it off. Listen to me, teenagers. This is more than just a funny point. Young adults, watch what goes in your ears, what you listen to, and what goes in your eyes you watch. It'll affect your confidence, and it'll affect your mood. If you have a hard time getting up and get going, somewhere check the source. Because my Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And if that spirit can get him out of, out of the grave, he can get you up for school. If he can get him out of the grave, he can get you to commit to your marriage. If he can get him out of the grave, he can get you through that rough season that is real and it is rough, but he can see it through the other side. We are believing this is going to be your best year yet. Don't be normal. Normal's overrated. They don't name schools after normal people. They don't name buildings after normal people. Normal people don't live, don't win. America's got talent. Don't be normal. Be godly. It's an example. Be an example in your youth. We're believing this is going to be your best year yet in your friendships. You have the best friendships. We're believing that. As a church, as a youth ministry, as a kids ministry, in your community, best friendships yet. We believe there's going to be some adventure. I'll say it publicly here, but we're believing for to send our first missions team this year. And I think it's going to be a youth one. It's going to be our first one. Why? Because if we can train them now, and some of us won't go, but we're going to send some leaders with them because by themselves, it would be a mess. Willa will not be in charge of that mission trip or Maddie. Or Josh. But maybe we're going to help send them. I believe they're going to have some adventure this year, reaching our city. We got some plans, we got some ideas, and God's going to do something. Have you noticed yet that the bottom's almost filled in here? You notice that? Some of you need to sit a little closer. You're afraid of the front. But we're close to opening the balcony. Do you know what happens after that? I don't know. <laughs> but I want to find out. I believe it's going to be the best year yet for promotion. There's promotion all over your life. There's promotion over your life. You're going to sit in rooms and across some tables that you don't deserve to be at, but God opened the door. Best year yet for promotions. It's going to be your best year of your faith. You're going to know Jesus and love him and follow him more this time next year than you did this year. Why? Best year yet. Success at the right things. That's what we're aiming for. Not success having the most followers on Instagram. Not success having the most boyfriends or girlfriends. Not success of just having the best grades, though that's important. Success going, I'm an example in my youth and in my older age of faith, of purity, in my speech, in my love. An example of what God can do in someone's life, amen? All over this place, can we stand to our feet today? Here's how we're gonna close today. We wanna pray for students today. We wanna pray. So in a moment, I'm gonna call you forward to stand at the front. If you have a kids in school, whether it be primary, kindergarten, junior high, high school, you're going back to college. This is not a kid's thing. This is a Bible thing. We're believing for you. In a moment, I want you to come. Parents, if you want to come with your kids, leaders, I want you to come. I also want this. If you're a teacher, we have principals in this school and, and, and influencers and resource and, and different professors. If you're a teacher, we believe in you are sent to that class and that school to be an example of hope and life in the middle of your job. It's more than your job. It's your calling. 
Ministry is not on a stage. Ministry is doing what God made you to do. And some of you, God has made you to be influencers in your school, and the school system. We also want to know over kids' teachers and junior teachers. If you're here today, we want to pray for you and believe for the best year yet. Amen? Come on, if you can come now. Students, teachers, university students, junior high, come up to the front. Just line up at the front right up here. Come on up here. Line up. Leaders, if you can huddle in with them, we're going to pray together and believe and commission them and send them. Move from, move from surviving to thriving. Can you believe that with us today for that? That it won't be in our vocabulary just to get through this year. Just got to finish my degree. Just got to finish high school. I just got to figure out how to, fig, finish, uh, how, to, how to get through grade six. But move from surviving to thriving as an example. People go, listen, they're not perfect, but man, they give their love away. They give their, their, their pure, man, their speech. They're always encouraged. There's something about that kid. There's something about that teacher. There's something about that student. Some of you students, you're moving away. And some of you are thinking, man, I don't know. It's the first time away from my community and my structure. God is with you. He's your source. Come on, let's huddle in as close as we can get today. We got some leaders here. Where's Dean? Dean, you don't mind me pointing you out? I don't want to embarrass you. Dean is a principal. Vice principal in what? In, in our city. Talk to me last couple years of some of the struggles of that position. Pressure. There's pressure. You want pressure? Go into the school system. But see, Dean believes he's not just there to collect a paycheck. He actually cares about students. He also helps. His wife helps with our kids. We have our best people. I would think he's with kids all week. He's like, you know what? I want to have a conversation eye to eye, you know, for a change. And that's okay if he does. But something in him says, no, I'm called to influence. We're going to believe for our teachers today. I wouldn't embarrass my son, but he's going into high school. The world goes, oh, high school, oh, man. Have you had all the talks? Like, it's, it's pressure. No, I know, my son's not perfect, but he knows God's with him. Going into junior high, elementary, some of you in university. Some of you are moving away. Some going to Moncton. Some going to other places for university, college. We're going to believe today. God's going to help you. Amen. Can we pray together? Come on, if you're out here, it may sound like a church thing. We just raise our hands. What we're saying is we are agreeing. We're focused right now. We're just saying, include me in this prayer. We're going to believe for these teachers and these students. We're going to believe. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now. Come on, let's agree. We believe right now. Father, we lift up right now, Father, our Nova kids, teachers. We lift up Tiffany and the junior. Father, we thank you for those little ones, that they're not just babysitting, they're not just doing nursery, that they're actually raising champions with our little ones. They create an environment safe no matter what the week was like, where they were, when they come into this place, God, you're gonna help them uh, with these children. Father, we pray for Amy and for Joel and her team. Father, we pray for creative ideas and influence and resources and strength. We pray for joy unspeakable. We pray for the teachers have another level as we believe that as God, you bring children and families to our church that they'll leave here with hope. My family is alive because someone reached my, my, my older sister. I believe today that our kids ministry will be a, a, a turning point for families in our city. Father, we believe for every teacher, every principal, vice principal, every professor, every resource teacher, every monitor here, we pray for influence and help today. Father, we pray for strength and influence and promotion over their life. Put them in places to affect policy and change for the good. We pray for every student, every elementary student. Father God, we pray for protection on every playground, every school, over their body, their spirit, and their mind. We pray for every junior high student where the world says there's more pressure now in grades six and seven and eight than we ever had in college 10 years ago. I'm believing for right now, Father, for promotion and protection on their lives. 
Thank you, Lord. I pray for our high school and college students that purity is not old-fashioned, but purity is knowing your source. And our source is not YouTube. Our source is not the internet. Our source is not culture. Our source is the word of God and the plan you have for our lives. And we speak pureness over them. We speak love over them. We speak their speech and their thoughts. We pray those that are struggling, even with confusion or depression, that even now today they'd feel hope and help. They would get help and feel help. And we speak life. And as a group, we move from surviving. And we say, God, we bring on thriving. This will be our best year yet. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, everybody said, amen, amen.